Hello and welcome, Hemispherians. This is Martin speaking, and Martin alone. Just for the moment at least, don't worry, this has happened before. I'm just here to make a quick announcement. Then Andrew and Jason will be back on the show. I haven't eliminated them from the entire podcast. But just to be honest with you, if they ever do disappoint me, they're finished. Gone. That's it. Anyway, on to the announcement. If you did happen to miss it in our Hemispheric blog or on our Hemispheric Discord in the games channel, we did announce the Arcadia June 2022 results. I want to congratulate in first place for the second year in a row, Eric M. Walk, as he's known on Discord, with a score of 60, followed by Furstenberg with 37 in second place and Tashkan with 28. Of course, these are the top three positions and they're impressive, but I want to thank all of you for your unbelievable enthusiasm, your dedication and just the fun that you had with this competition. It means a lot to the three of us to see so many people taking part in what we put out there on the podcast. It's just really gratifying. So thank you to all of you for your efforts. And even if you didn't take part, consider it next year. Anyway, time to go on to the show and let Andrew and Jason back into the studio. Thanks for your kind attention. All right, Andrew, kick us off. I'm a little confused because my Zoom window's got four boxes in it. It's usually got three. What's going on here? Yeah, well, I'm working forward to getting the whole Brady Bunch effect. I want to have nine people ultimately. Hmm. Um, sure. You know, ideally, Alice in the middle, <laughs> something like that. But for da- for today, we're at four. We have a uh, special guest. I decided there weren't enough Australians on our show, and we needed another one. So the Southern Hemisphere is strongly represented today because we have a special guest now Anthony, and now this is the ner- nervous bit because I haven't even checked with you. Aegis? Correct. Spot on. Spot on. First, th- oh, that's quite unusual. Most people uh, mispronounce their name, so big tick for that. Thank you. Thank you. And How often do you get Argus? <laughs> that, that's uh, Aegis is common, apparently. Aegis, right. Okay. Aegis. So, yeah. It's, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, 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 in, 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 um, it's a Maltese name. If you go to Malta, it's like Smith or, you know. It's a quite a common surname there, but in Australia, it's like a point zero zero one percent of people have it. So I'm not surprised people mis mispronounce it. Martin Martin is a European representative as well, <laughs> okay. so he uh, no doubt he would have nailed it as well. But Anthony, you're joining us here today because you're kind of kind of a big deal in the Australian tech scene. <laughs> And we only get the people who are big deals on this show. So you run a, I don't want to talk too much for you, but you have a newsletter that goes out uh, called The Sizzle. And that goes out and that's basically, it's like a summary of all the tech news that you want to know, but written in a really enjoyable kind of Australian way. I would probably say, like, you put, you have a few words that we're not allowed to use on this podcast thrown in there for good measure, but I think that's, oh, that adds a bit of flavor and Australianism to it. <laughs> but it also does a really good job of summarizing all the stuff that's gone on in the last 24 hours of the tech world without you having, like, the reader having to do any of the hard work because we throw a few bucks your way and you do all that work for us. So that's sort of how I, I know you, but I also know you have a long background in technology and that kind of stuff. So I thought it'd just be a great opportunity to have you on today to talk about what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself and you know, get to know you a bit better and our listeners get to know you. And uh, so, yeah, I thought that's, that's where we're at. Just a short chat. Cool. And um, so I guess first thing, I want to ask the first question of you and can you just tell us what is the sizzle 
from your point of view. I've given my my reader's idea of it, but tell us how it came about and how you see it. It's exactly what you said it is. It's like the whole point of the sizzle is to save people time reading tech news because, I mean, I'm middle-aged now, th- th- uh, th- 37, and I started the sizzle seven years ago. I noticed more and more of my friends, I talked to them about the tech stuff and they wouldn't have known about these things because it's like, well, I'm busy with my family. I'm busy with work. I'm busy with like life. <laughs> yeah, I'm still the only sad one left still enjoying reading this kind of tech news. And I figured people at, at work are kind of missing out on these conversations. That someone might mention something and it's like, oh, crap, what? I didn't know about that. How did I not, not know? It's kind of a bit uh, embarrassing not to know things in that industry that you're supposed to be working on and you're supposed to know. And I know working with, when I used to have a full-time job working in, in an office, it was a bit, there would always be someone who was like, they obviously know their, their stuff, but they're just so busy with work, they didn't know the latest things from the last few months, for example. And then they, they would look silly in a meeting. I think the sizzle kind of helps a lot with that. It doesn't make you an expert on that topic, but at least if something's brought up, you're aware of it. And if it does interest you or you need to know, at least you can go, oh, crap, I should know about this thing happening. And then you can go read more about it. So you're not missing out. It's kind of like a summary notes of Australian, mostly Australian, but also mostly global because it's a global thing, uh, tech news. Wow, that's cool. So in terms of the the tech news itself, is it mainly focused on hardware, software, or is it literally just all technology in general in that area? And I try and get it kind of spread across. Yeah, yeah. it's it's hard because it, it's a, a summary, so you don't want to put everything in there. Otherwise, it's it's no longer a, a summary. So I try and focus it on the big five tech companies are kind of the main thing that I write about a lot, like mm-hmm. Facebook, Apple, Google, Microsoft, and the fifth one. Amazon sometimes Amazon's a bit tough because they're they're a tech company, but they make but they also sell stuff. So I kind of not talk about them a lot yeah. of the time. In Australia, there's a lot of like um, uh, telco news, so like what the the MBN's up to, what Telstra does, that kind of stuff, and also uh, government IT news because the way that their policy they, they they make laws, they make policy impacts the wider industry and doesn't get much coverage in Australia because it's. You know, hmm. there's lots of other news that are, that's kind of more important to most people, like you know, law and order, immigration news, the economy in general. But technology news has a big impact on how people in the IT industry, you know, how in Australia at least how they do their job. You know, the laws they have to follow, the products that we use are changed by that law, by, by those laws, and doesn't get much coverage. So I kind of make a bit of an effort to focus on that. And and there's also a little section in there where I just kind of put in what I'm interested in because I, I like computer hardware. I like the kind of very like retro tech stuff or hmm. just whatever takes my my fancy, whatever thing I, I think is cool. I just chuck in there at the end as like a dog on a skateboard kind of story just to <laughs> make things a, a, a bit more interesting as opposed to just like boring tech news, which can, can get boring sometimes like, oh, Elon Musk did, did this, okay, whatever. You know, uh, Facebook yeah. is being a being <laughs> bastards again. Okay, that, that happens at least once yeah. once a week. <laughs> yeah, that's da- that's the daily news. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's that kind of stuff happens, and I like to put something in, interesting for for the nerds in there as well at the bottom. You mentioned that you put things in the newsletter that maybe don't get as much coverage as other big tech stories. Yeah, was that your primary motivation for starting this newsletter, or was it something else? Not 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 necessarily. The motivation was helping people keep up up to date, helping my friends essentially not be out of the loop. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then I realised. No one else's. If if you wouldn't read this, you might not even know about, particularly the the Australian things, 
because a lot of Australians get their tech news from uh, American sites and they're not going to cover the NBN. They're not going to cover the latest online safety bill or the mandatory data retention stuff. Um, I think that's important for Australians to know what our government is doing. And it, without it, it's you, you, you kind of have to go digging for it almost, unless the, the ABC decides to make a, a, a topic for, for a night on the on the on the seven thirty report, you just wouldn't hear about it. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think tech is predominantly dominated by the US for sure. I mean it, well and I mean list the companies you just all named all five. All American. They're all here yeah. for the most part. So I can see that being a big problem across many countries of just trying to get their view on what all what's going on and all this stuff. We've been working hard to educate Jason on the uh the disaster that has been the MBN. <laughs> yeah. many many years in australia and martin actually martin recently had had some nbm problems but re- he's upgraded himself to gong net <laughs> um, being based in wollongong just he's just created his own network called we're calling gong net and since then yep. his coverage has been flawless yeah, i don't want to make others jealous i won't dwell on it too much but uh yeah blazing speeds to the node here in wollongong yeah. it's great <laughs> <laughs> we we compare speed tests quite often and i won't mention any numbers but I'm still ahead. <laughs> I mean, the 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 has been like a, a perennial topic for me. Like I've been writing sales now for seven years, and I was reading some of the very first, the first like ten issues, and it's like, oh, the NBN was 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 mentioned then, and I'm still writing about it now. It's just such a it was such a massive project. P- 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 people forget it was like seventy billion dollars. It's Australia's largest ever thing we've ever spent money on, <laughs> and it gets so little like scrutiny and coverage from mainstream media. And I think, and some people are actually happy with it. They're like, "Oh, this is great! My internet's like fifty megabit. Like, it, that's not worth seventy billion dollars. Like, that's that's like last generation tech that we spent all this money on. But other countries are like, oh, gigabit is like normal. Like, a good example is um, uh, New Zealand. They spent a fraction of 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 the price, gave everybody fiber, and now you can get ten gig internet there, like in your house for like a few a few hundred bucks a month. Whereas that same spend in Australia. Gets you one gigabit with a measly upload. Yeah. Yet the government spent way more money. It's just a. I think it's because it's such a boring topic for most people. They don't really care. It's like my internet. I turn it on. It works. I can watch stuff. But I think there's so much potential that Australia is missing out on by not having everybody connected at the at those high speeds in a reliable fashion at a cheap price, which is the big deal. It's so expensive as well. Like if you want a 50 megabit connection in Australia, it's 70 bucks a month. Whereas you can go to New Zealand and get a, a gigabit. For almost like the, the same price, or you can get 100 megabit for like 40 bucks a month. Yeah. So if, if you're a, a person who just wants internet access that's reliable, decent speed, you're paying twice as much as what you used to on on ADSL. Yeah. How do we get to the situation? We spent 70 billion dollars to pay twice as much for a little bit faster speed. It's it's such a bad situation. You've been covering this for a while, Anthony, and I know there's that whole kind of controversy we've had for years. You've been covering it of, you know, policy being handed between people. Uh, is that also an issue, do you think, Australia, with Australia technologically, that we have a relatively small population spanned across this gigantic continent, whereas New Zealand's kind of in this narrow lane? Do you think Australia has issues because of its physical size? It's a small issue. I mean, most of the population, half of Australia lives in Melbourne and Sydney. Hmm. So that's we're actually very a very dense country in terms of where of where people live. The issue that comes from the NBN was supposed to help regional Australia and urban Australia, and that was just a bad approach. What urban Australia needs is very different than what regional Australia needs, and the cost 
of servicing regional Australia is just so high, giving them the same as what we as what urban Australia has just makes no sense. Like you could have given every city in Australia gigabit internet for cheaper than what they did in uh, in New Zealand, and then given regional Australia say fixed wireless or give them uh, a different technology that's more suitable for for what it costs to service those very sparse areas. But even then, like a lot of uh, capital city, uh, the non-capital cities in in the states, like in Victoria, like in Ballarat or Bendigo, that they, they actually have fiber internet. There's a nice small contained area. It's a suburb. It's 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 no different than than Melbourne suburbs or Sydney suburbs. So you you could have given eighty percent of Australia high speed internet for very little cost, and that twenty percent, well, they could have gotten better than what they had, but maybe not getting the exact same as the metropolitan areas. And it would have been a better thing for the entire country overall at a fraction of the cost. Wow. I just realized we didn't even discuss, Anthony, where in Australia are you? Because we we obviously know where Andrew and Martin are, but where are you located? I live outside of Melbourne in a place called Bacchus Marsh, which is kind of near Ballarat. Okay. Um, so it's like a gold, it used to be a gold mining town. Back in the eighteen hundreds, mm. and now it's like a kind of like a commuter town, halfway between Melbourne, halfway between Ballarat, halfway between uh, Geelong. So it's like a nice little kind of triangle of Victoria's main cities, and I live in the middle of it. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it was because I'm trying to. I'm placing where everybody's at on a map now, and realizing we don't know where you're at. So now we do. So thank you. <laughs> right down the bottom. <laughs> and I feel like I'm walking into a trap at this point, but I have to bring it up on behalf of Jason. Uh, as a Victorian, who do you like less, Western Australia or New South Wales? Oh, <laughs> probably New South Wales. <laughs> I, I knew it. Ah. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Western there Australia it gives, gives us all that sweet, you know, uh, minerals and uh, gas. Whereas New South Wales, what are they giving us? That's right. Celebrities. We've got a lovely temperance zone with agriculture. It's <laughs> Andrew great. is very gassy. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm all about the high vis. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, shot myself in the foot there. I knew that was going to happen. Go on, Jason. <laughs> the other thing we didn't—we just kind of blew past everything that has to do about Anthony. But I'm so we're talking about tech, obviously. But what is your tech view personally? Are you are you Windows? Are you Mac? Are you Android? Are you iOS? Like, what is your kind of day to day tech life in general? And 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 what kinds of tools are you using to do things like this newsletter? Yeah, the newsletter itself, I use. Uh, recently getting into it, a tool called um, uh, in- Integramat, which is like a Zapier oh, like yeah. no-code tool. Mm-hmm. And it, it's yep. been a game changer for me because for the last kind of seven years, I was doing it all kind of by a, a bit by hand or using someone else's uh, platform. Hmm. But Integramat, I can kind of link all these little services together and it's all kind of automated and it's made my life so much easier. So that's like a tool that I really like using right right now. But um, day-to-day, I, I use a Mac, got an M1 hmm. Mac Mini. Um, but you see behind me, I've got a, a Windows PC, like it's a Lenovo Think Station. I've got Linux servers at home. My phone, I use an, um, um, an iPhone 13, but I've got an Android phone as well here as, as a spare phone. So I kind of use every, everything. I'm not really aligned to one brand, but day to day, I use Apple stuff just because it's they're they're nice. And the 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 M1 chip in the Mac Mini is just such a good value computer, which is weird to say for an Apple device. It's been a long time since you could say that they're a good value device, but the Mac <laughs> Mini for a, a thousand bucks, this this, this yeah. thing is silent, uses no power, it's fast, and, and it works pretty well. So yeah, it's friggin' wild what has happened with Apple Silicon in the last year and a half. It's just yeah, it's a whole new. We're, we finally hit a new generation to move forward because everything for so long was just 
speed bump, speed bump, speed bump, meh, who cares? But now it's like, holy shit, look what we're able to do with these computers now. And yeah, for the price, right? The price didn't double, but performance did. So it's, yeah. it's been wild. Yeah, it's do you find you're incredible. using a lot of different stuff out of just curiosity or does that help you with the newsletter in terms of being able to kind of, kind of you're maybe not a day-to-day user of all these things, but you have maybe a little more familiarity or is it more just, I kind of want to know what's out there so I have a little bit of everything? Well, it, it, it's, it's both. I mean, I, I'm curious. I, I like the technology stuff. I'm curious about mm-hmm. how these things work. And that also tends to help the newsletter too. Because if, if I just write about Apple stuff, yeah, it, it, it limits who, who would read it. And I'm, I want to know, particularly for Apple people who subscribe to newsletter, they often learn about other platforms. They're like, oh, I didn't know Windows could do that. Or oh, Android doesn't suck as hard as I thought it sucked. <laughs> like it is, <laughs> there's you know, benefits of being a bit more um, uh, open-minded. And I understand why people don't. It's like you just have a tool that you want to work and you use it and it works fine or you use it at work. Like I'm an iOS developer. I have to use iOS. So you don't really have time to try out other stuff. But um, I think it's it's healthy to be uh, uh, open-minded about alternatives that are out there. I would agree with that. Look, in, in my attempt to be open-minded, can I just ask a quick question? Windows 11, does it still have a registry? Uh, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's okay. definitely still there. It, it's, okay. it's still Windows. Like to, to take the registry out okay. of Windows would be like taking like a, 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 a heart out of a human. It's, it's just not going to live. <laughs> okay. The old H key local machine lives on. It's still there. Yep. All right, good to know. <laughs> I'm obviously all in the Mac world these days. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anthony, the other thing that sort of I'm curious about, is, and I've seen you mention from time to time, I don't know whether it's on Twitter or in the newsletter or somewhere, that you seem to be constantly uploading stuff to the internet archive. Yep, yep. Hmm. Could you just tell us a little bit about what that project is all about? Yeah, I mean, the internet archive, I recently... I've been using it for years. Like, if you, we've all used it, the um, the Wayback Machine. So, if you look up a website that's in the past, that's run by yep. the Internet Archive. And but they also have books and magazines and CD-ROMs, floppy disks, um, music, movies, TV shows, all this kind of anything, any media at all that 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 you can think of, they collect and preserve, and they make it available for everyone to see so they've got like petabytes and petabytes of data and servers that they host for free and it's like well it's, it's a shame that there's all these at least particularly for me the computer magazines that the Australian ones that I would read as a kid you can't find them now hmm. so I've been trying to find them and I scan them in and I uh, upload them to the internet archive and anyone in the world can find it and they actually have a nice viewing system so if, if you upload a bunch of TIFF files It'll actually generate a PDF and it'll generate uh, a web view for you. And there's apps that actually um, s- scrape, for want of a better word, because you're not really scraping it. You're allowed to use this, this stuff and make it the, the app on, a, on on an iPad to um, view old magazines. They're called a magazine rack. You can just flick through thousands and thousands of old magazines and just read them for free. It's, it's literally like the library of of your dreams there's so much stuff there you can never hope to read it all and it's it's just a great free service and i thought it, it it would be rude not to contribute to this service while it while it still is here because one day it could all be gone who knows but for now i'm yeah uploading to it because i i would be shameful that not to be available in uh, anymore that's freaking awesome i love that that is so cool i 
I will a I'm gonna go find those and look at them because I love old computer magazines and I just archive.org is the website and just type yeah, in yeah. Any, any topic that you that that you think of it's probably there yeah we I've actually I started uploading this show to archive.org as yeah, well perfect. just as yet another place to put content so that it can live in the the ether of what is known as the internet that we know of today anyway before we get to web three yeah. sure <laughs> anyway this is actually very dangerous i don't know if you know anthony but jason is our show notes master yep. and he's probably going to be tempted to link the entire archive within this oh, episode's show notes <laughs> absolutely so yeah yeah for sure it'll just be a yeah. duplicated I, archive we we touched on something about a few well many episodes ago around the idea of archiving of old games in the sense that we're running into this issue now where things are starting to hit a point where once the console goes away, you have no possible way of ever playing those games again, especially with all the like shitty DRM and stuff like that. So this has been definitely a topic top of my mind in terms of what are we going to do with all this content that is going to just die and be completely inaccessible if we don't find a way. And yes, maybe it's paid. I, I don't, I kind of don't, I'll say I don't care at this point. I will care in the future, I'm sure. But some way to just archive all this stuff so that it's at least accessible and there are tools available and uh, and kept up to date to access this information. Because at least with something like a magazine, it is effectively, you know, it can be a JPEG or a TIFF or whatever at the end of the day. And that will more than likely be viewable far, far into the future. The day we can't view a JPEG, like, some shit probably went really yeah, something sp- bad gone but <laughs> <laughs> but like for a game where it's these weird binaries that are in all these drm formats and awkward awkward file formats that are very proprietary that is super scary and i don't know how we're going to get out of that because right all of that is built out of a need to keep things all within a company and not accessible outside so the idea of arc something like archive.org is super important but if we can't access it, we're, we're kind of screwed. So I think what you're doing is fantastic. And I would love to see this extend out further and further. You know, like if a game is 50 years old, put it on there. Yeah. Just like be like, you're not making money anyway. Let's just get it out there. Well, the thing is, like, off, 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 the Internet Archive does have a copyright claim system. So mm-hmm. some of the magazines that I have put up on there, they've been taken down because the, oh, pub- really? the publisher will f- somehow finds it and goes, well, this is our copyright. It's removed. And these are like 20- And it's talking about like Pentium processors yeah. from, from 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Or, 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 or like a 20-year-old uh, Sony magazine about the PlayStation. Right. And it's like, you're not making money off this. You're actually doing yourself a, a disservice by by removing it. And it's like, mm. and I, I, I had- the Internet Archive has a three strikes in your out policy. Oh. And because I uploaded thousands and thousands of documents, I, I hit that that three strikes and my account got, got closed down. So I was. Oh, jeez. And for a few days, everything I uploaded, like two and a half thousand items were just gone and just taken down. And that freaked me out a bit. And I was lucky that Jason Scott on Twitter, who's one of the, uh, I think he's like a community ambassador for the, the Internet Archive, I reached out to him and he said, look, we'll put it, we'll put it back up, but the, Copyright content is gone. That that's just gone for good. So I was able to re-download everything that I uploaded, and then I put it onto tapes, like actual like LTO five tapes. So now I've got a yeah. copy of my own as well as on the Internet Archive. Because who knows? Maybe in some day the owner of that copyright will come back and go on some seventies uh, 
PC magazine and go, that is ours. You cannot have it anymore. And that's another issue. So there's the the copyright seems to be the main problem with archiving mm. all this stuff. Like 10 years, 20 years, I can understand copyright for that long, but 50, 70, 90 years of copyright, it, it's doing more harm than is good for yeah. you know, the whole ecosystem of media. Well, when you think about it, it's a combination of history and marketing. So on the one hand, in terms of history, if you give people access to that, it's an educational opportunity. You're actually broadening knowledge. And then the marketing thing, it kind of reminds me, maybe this isn't a good example, but I don't know if you guys ever remember walking into a shop. This is a few years ago now. And you'd take a picture of something maybe to send, oh, here's that thing you wanted or whatever. And I would have people come up to you and say, you can't take pictures in the shop. Like, but this is... Word of mouth marketing to discover the thing that, wait, you, okay, I'll, I'll leave then. So people discovering old stuff, it might be particularly niche, but when you upload this, someone discovers it and goes, oh, I wonder what they're doing today. Or it leads them down a rabbit hole and they discover and buy stuff. So seems odd to me. Yeah, yeah. The music industry found the same thing with uh, piracy. Hmm. Uh, when people had free access to all these MP3s and sharing music, the sales of records went up. They never lost money. The concert sales went crazy because people wanted to see these bands live or see these these, these artists live or they buy merchandise. So, yeah, co- copyright can be can, can get in the way a lot of times and it's possibly more harm than is good. There's lots of people who are smarter than me who have talked about this. But it's, I think mm. from piracy, from my own example of, of pirating media, I buy more media because I have access to refine my tastes to know what I like and then spend money on what I know I like because I'm, then I'm not wasting it on, you know, on junk that like, you know, like, oh, why did I spend money on that? But if I am able to pirate it, you can, yeah, get more uh, experience on what you actually like and don't like and then spend the big bucks when you get older. Like now, when I'm <laughs> – I, I actually have a job now. I can buy this stuff. Whereas when I was a kid, yep. I had no option but, but, but to pirate it and it's paid right. off for the media companies. I'm sure I spent a lot more now <laughs> than if I haven't had built that taste as, as, as a teenager and as a young adult when, when I had no money. I always find the weirdest one. I watch a ton of old crap from like the 40s and 50s, and they'll always strip out the commercials due to copyright. And I'm like, it's a commercial from 1954. I want to see it because it's probably really dumb because it's a commercial from the 50s. But yet they take it out because it's like, oh, we don't want to. You know, we don't want to advertise our brand for free. It's like, what? You can't even buy like heart and liver tonic anymore and smoking's no longer healthy. So what's the big deal? Yeah, like, come on, let me see the cool cigarette ad. All right, geez. Anyway, so, well, I'm I'm happy to hear that you're putting stuff on archive.org. I definitely want to check out the old computer magazines, especially from Australia, because I've obviously never seen those uh, here in the United States. But I have fond memories of computer magazines from years and years ago. What's the best old Australian computer magazine? There's, there's my, my favorite is um, uh, Australian Personal com- Computer, um, APC, shorthanded to. I used to subscribe to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Lots of people did. It was, it was the biggest one in, in, in the country. And they've been going since the like early 80s. And they, I think yeah. they still exist. They still pump out issues on dead trees. So that's really? got some big stamp out. Wow. I, and there's also another magazine, not around anymore, but one called uh, Your, Your Computer. And they were around a bit before Australian personal uh, com- computer and they go back to like the late 70s and so there's some of those very very first computers and they're all like handmade kits essentially and they're all Australian ones so you get a lot of people like things in there that were like what the hell is this I've never heard of this stuff before because it's a very specific Australian devices that um 
yeah, they have been lost to the histories of time. But now, because the magazines are up there, you can actually see these people. And a lot of people who who are in that magazine, they're actually still like around. They're they're alive, and you can actually talk to them on Twitter. I've seen, I've seen a few of them <laughs> are like. Um, I'd post up a funny article that someone wrote, like, uh, like someone, one one I read was like someone was complaining about the the mouse, like how the mouse is gonna, le- it's like a, um, not, it's not a user friendly device, and that it's it's gonna hurt like um, computer knowledge, kind of like how like now you might say, oh, touch screens, you can't really do anything productive with a touch screen. Back in the eighties, it was like, oh, with the mouse, you can't do anything pr- productive with 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 a mouse, and the guy. F- on Twitter, it was still around. Like he found up, he found me, and said like he had no idea that that he wrote that forty years ago, and it was great to read it again. And obviously, he he, he was wrong. So yeah, that's yeah. Look for your your computer, an Australian personal computer, and that's gonna like, my favorite Australian one. That's awesome. Excellent. I can read up. I can read it back up on my favorite um, Dick Smith VZ two hundred. Martin. Yep. Yeah, well, the, uh, I, I, I learned about a thing Dick Smith was selling called the Viatel device. And it's like a whole internet before the internet was in Australia. So in the 80s, you would get this kind of box that you put your phone onto and it would talk to mm. Telstra servers and you could like do like internet, ba- uh, your Commonwealth Bank banking, your Qantas <laughs> book flights. You could buy shares on the ASX through a Commodore 64. And it's like... <laughs> This is great. Like this is actually easier to use than it is now. The like, if you wanted to use internet banking and the Qantas website and buy shares, they're actually a bit of a pandy ass to to do. Whereas this computer device, you just like literally just Qantas buy a ticket and it will work. It will work. So it's yeah, they're fascinating articles there. Yeah, uh, Viatel was like uh, uh, Australia's kind of CompuServe, I guess. Wow. Um, uh, AOL back in the eighties on a okay, Commodore sixty four and the Dick Smith computers, whatever they were called, they had had access to Viatel. That's incredible. I love the idea of sending like banking credentials and credit card numbers just through oh, plain, plain text. text. Oh yeah, it was, just, it was definitely plain. <laughs> there, there was no no encryption. Just credit cards flying around <laughs> yeah. left and right. And somebody's just like on the other end, just writing them all down. Yeah, yeah it probably is actually. Yeah. <laughs> You had to fax your two-factor authentication codes. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Pay, not quite, but we're getting there. I wonder how many Dolomites kids were on that system back in the day, if that was possible. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Anthony, another thing, a lot of our listeners to this show are kind of um, you know, hobbyist bloggers as well. Um, we have a lot of writers and things that listen, as well as ourselves. We, we pump out Hemispheric Views newsletter each month and that kind of thing. We write our own blogs. One of the things that I've noticed is you do, you have a blog, mm-hmm. but you use the discourse forum software forum. to blog, yes. which seems like a bit of an odd use case. But I'm- Wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, you use used- discourse for your blogging like, platform. And it's fantastic. Like, it's... I really enjoy it because first of all, it's discourse. You know, it's a forum software. Um, it's designed for communities to yeah. chat and engage and stuff. But um, it's really easy to install. It's just one Docker image. Like I've installed a dozen of these discourse uh, setups from different groups and communities, and they're rock solid. Like I haven't done any maintenance on them. <laughs> I just run the update whenever there's a new update, and it, and it works. And you can. Um, run it on a cheap VPS for like five bucks a month, hmm. and you can link your your images on a, a um, S3 type storage. So uh, Amazon S3. I use a Backblaze B B2, and then you mm-hmm. can serve the images up through a CDN. So you can pay hmm. bugger all for bandwidth. It's it's I pay cents a month for my for my forums, 
and you don't have to worry about scale. There's infinite storage, there's infinite bandwidth, and the actual text side of things is on the VPS, which is not much at all. So it's really mm-hmm. easy to set up, really easy to maintain. And the layout, I use the forums as categories. So if I write, write oh. about electric cars, I've got an electric car forum on my blog where it's it's a forum, but but but, but only I may post. <laughs> so right. it's like, and if I want to update a, a something something that I've written, I'll actually add a post to the item. So let's say I wrote an article three years ago and then a year later, it's like, all right, I, these numbers changed or I, I, I did this or I learned this, I'll add a post to it. So it's like a little forum thread that only I've posted in to update what I've done. I've got an, another thread on this forum that's um, things I learn about Linux. So as I find something that I want to remember, like how to access an, NTS, an NTFS drive on a Linux machine, I'll post a comment in that thread on how, on how to do it with, with pictures and links and stuff. So I remember it. So for me, it's also a blog and a wiki and just for my own self. And yeah, it works really well. And it looks nice too. I don't have to worry about theming it. The default theme looks yeah. looks fine. So it's yeah, it, it is weird. It's not a normal blog, but it, it works for me. There's RSS feeds, there's tags, there's comments. It's backed up really easily because it's all built in. There's a whole uh, backup uh, uh, system, and yeah, it costs me you know, six or five dollars a month to run, and it's all owned on my own machine. I don't have to worry about what what WordPress does or what the <laughs> uh, uh, Squarespace does to their platform. And it's yeah, works quite well. Wow, that was even my next question: is if it's if it's fully RSS capable? It sounds like you just sub- would subscribe to one of those categories you and you would just get all those updates every. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Or, or, or to the whole forum itself too, if you want. So you can. Yeah. If, wow. if, if you if you didn't care about my electric car ants or you just want my kind of Linux stuff, just subscribe to that forum and you'll get it. <laughs> I was just thinking, just like your archive.org suggestion, which is going to cause show notes trouble for Jason. We have a few dedicated listeners who are very enthusiastic about shifting the data of their blogs and and, and all of their themes and everything constantly. So you might have just made a considerable chunk of our audience explore discourse and discuss it on our Discord. So thank you. I sure as hell never would have thought discourse for a blog, but I mean, it sounds like it does everything a blog does i mean i guess the term blog in general has sort of become a weird thing and right like it, it, it is now yeah i mean like is twitter a blog technically kind of is you post updates yeah there's and you can actually write more than you could when it was first invented as a market blocking format right so yeah. and i think that they're even adding the ability like for some test users now to have like long form posts so instead of people having other oh, notes yeah mm. and i think you'll probably be able to subscribe to those if you want to read them so yeah, it, and then the newsletter stuff and all the other correct. yeah they're they're yeah so interesting. it's never been easier to upload your words to the internet the hard part is still how do people find out about reading it that's i think what everyone struggles with yeah what's your approach to okay you've got this newsletter which is a paid newsletter five bucks a month 50 bucks a year you've got your discourse blog which is free openly available on the internet i assume yeah it is yes yes um how do you tackle, I've got this thing I want to write about. Do I put it in the newsletter? Do I put it in the newsletter then later on the blog? Or does it just go to the blog? Like, what is your, without giving away too much secret sauce of the sizzle, like, what does your funnel look like for how you decide where something ends up? Or is it just, I don't give too much of a care about this, so it's just going to be like a quick tweet or or whatever. Like, what's your... No, no, no. He, you know, he writes the opposite on each one to see who's actually paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, all, there is like... 
there's there's Twitter, which is kind of like the I don't know primordial ooze of 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 content. <laughs> like that's just like whatever, who cares? You know, I, I can write whatever I want there. Yeah. And then if it seems like it's too long for Twitter, I'll post it on my blog. Whereas the Sizzle is more, it's a very structured format. There's three news stories, one kind of random interesting story and a bunch of bargains like you know, cheap stuff I found I found on on the internet so mm. that's not really a place to be like a creative long form posting writing that's just it's a very formula, formulated approach there's th- three news stories one one interesting news thing and the bargains and that goes out every day so if I want to write actually write something it goes on my blog or if I just want to vent or talk about mention something I'll put it on Twitter it's yeah, pretty straightforward. Like your like newsletter is every day, every day, every day. Every I try to get it out done by about four or five p.m. Melbourne time. Holy crap! It's every week, every weekday, isn't it? You take your whole, you take the, yes. the weekends off. Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay, yeah. thank goodness. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, I, was and, like, and <laughs> I also take off the public holidays in Victoria. Okay, so, and oh, how I dare often. You? Yeah, I know that's tough. tough work. <laughs> and I often take off a, a few weeks. I, I pay someone else to write it for me when I'm not. Not um ah. when, I, when, I, when, I, when I when I want to take take a break, so but ninety five percent of the time it's me writing it and it goes out every, every weekday. Yeah. Wow. Do you do you sort of have like a hopper that you get ready through the week, or is uh, it every day? It's like it's three o'clock. It's time to get something out. Let's well, go. Well, it's 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 more throughout the day. I'll read my um read my RSS feeds. So I've got mm-hmm. thousands of RSS feed items, and I just kind of troll through them to find the interesting stuff. Usually it's the what thing. What RSS reader slash service do you use? Because uh, everyone's going to want to know. Feedbin and Reader. So ah. Feedbin in the okay. background and for non-Mac devices or non-Apple devices and Reader for any Apple device. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I troll through it all and usually it's the most common items. So whatever's most talked about and then in those feeds, we'll find a place in the newsletter. So if, if there's mm-hmm. like, let's say this, I've got about 150 tech-specific news sources, if every blog or every site mentions this news item, I'll probably mention it in, in the newsletter. Unless it's a very specific US thing like uh, v- v- Verizon turned on 5G, Australians, yeah. I, I don't really care. Don't care. Yeah. Whereas the, then it's opposite. If uh, an Australian thing happens that's not mentioned on those US blogs, I'll mention it. Um, so, mm. And then but I, I do have a lot of um, pre-cooked content, stuff I prepared earlier for the interesting New, non 24 hour news stuff I've got a used to be quite a big now to get, getting a bit of shallow I, I need to write some more but I just kind of paste it in if I'm busy on that day like to say I have an appointment in, in, in the afternoon I'll paste it in from stuff I've, I've written in the past but I've got in my uh, I use for bookmarks uh, uh, pin board I've got in mm. there about two and a half thousand items so there's a lot of stuff that I've said it's like I want to mention this at some point in the newsletter <laughs> And then when I'm bored or if I feel like I'll write, I might write 10 or so stories out of those 2,500 articles and store them for later. They're kind of timeless things, not necessarily things that happened in the last 24 hours. But um, yeah, most of my, it takes me about three or four hours to write and, and issue of, of the newsletter. And most of it's reading, not writing. The writing takes me about mm. half an hour to, to, to one hour max, but the reading takes a long time. Often there's topics I have to actually at least understand on some level. Like last week, the EU approved the Digital Market Act and the Digital Services Act, massive laws in the, in, in the, in the EU that are going to like pretty much ban a lot of US tech companies from doing business in, in, in the EU. 
So I had to at least, I had to read that. That took me like about an hour to be like, what actually is this? How do I explain this in like 150 words, this massive, gigantic mm. thing? And, I, and often I'll write the same thing two or three times and it's because it's like, this sucks. Like I, I read over it and it's like, I don't understand what, <laughs> I read that back and it's like, this this is not helpful. This this is not explaining what I want to get across. And I actually, or, or I'll just write too much because it's like I wrote, it's too waffly, too many words. I'll just trim in half. And cut down, and even though it's shorter, it's a lot more useful for people who just kind of just who want who read it. Um, I can get into that trap a lot when I write. I just write way too much, and then it's mm. like this is not useful for people. They they're not gonna they don't want to read all this uh, extra stuff. They just want to know the the core of it. And if people are interested in learning more, they'll read more somewhere else. That's not the sizzle's job. Is not to be like an uh, encyclopedia of, of information. It's more to kind of tell you what happened and then you can find out more on your own through the links in the article in what I wrote or just on Google or find out somewhere else. Yeah. Got it. So you're not trying to be the end all be all source for this. You're just no. a jumping off point for, Hey, maybe you never heard about this. So check out these 15 Correct. links on this topic. Gotcha. And maybe I missed it or maybe it's super obvious, but sizzle, is that because it's news that's hot off the press or is it because it's sausage sizzles? Well, it's, it's, it's more, there's a marketing saying, sell the sizzle, not the steak. Oh. So the steak is like the actual useful stuff, like the meats of it. Whereas I just have the brief sizzle. Like it's the, <laughs> the brief in, uh, interesting bits. You get that. But if you want the, the meat, the steak, the, the big hunk of information, that's somewhere else. You've got to find that elsewhere. And so, Anthony, I'm just conscious of time. So we're sort of coming to an end of our, the time we have. There is an important question that listeners will want to know. If you had to to get rid of all your technology, but be left with one single piece, one device, what would that device be? What would you choose to keep with you? Oh, the the Mac Mini for sure. I could live without a, 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 a phone. I could live without all my all my other computers. Um, but if I just had the Mac Mini and a monitor, I, I don't know if, if, that, if that counts as two. <laughs> if, if that counts as two, I'll, I'll just have a, a, a No, you a have laptop. to have an iMac. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, yeah, the the power of the, the desktop computer is still amazing to me. The iPad's nice; I use it every day. The phone's great; you can use it as a GPS map out and a, a, in the in, in the field. But the bulk of my work, the bulk of my research, the bulk of computing happens on this desktop machine still, and I, I'd be lost without it. I think you're our kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think we would probably all come up with the same answer. I have the same computer and I totally 100% agree. And that's why you're allowed back on the show. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> As Martin always says, you can't get real work done on an iPad. No, you can't. <laughs> Never have I said that. <laughs> so, so, Anthony. Um, As they, they both edit the show on an iPad. Yeah. So, there you go. That, that's impressive because I, I, I think I would struggle to, um, to get that done. Ironically, that is one job that's easier on an iPad with Ferrite. Yeah, far easier. Fantastic app. More enjoyable anyway. Okay, yeah. Interesting. My iPad's really good at Diablo Immortal. I know that. But other than that, it's about, it's about it. So, um, Well, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us on Hemispheric Reviews. If people want to know more about where you are, like Jason will link everything in the show notes, but where would they yeah. go if they want to learn about you or they want to give you money to buy a subscription to The Sizzle? What do they do? Uh, go to thesizzle.com.au and you can also follow me on Twitter. I am at decryption there, D-E-C-R-Y-P-T-I-O-N, and that's where you find out anything you want to know all through there. Um, thank, thank you so much, Anthony. This has been really awesome. I'm Super stoked, actually, on a couple of things. The archive stuff is really exciting. 
And I'm really excited to see what the sizzle can put in my inbox in terms of Australian perspective on tech. Because being in the US, obviously US centric, everything is US all the time in terms of tech. And it will be nice to have a different perspective uh, in my own worldview. So thank you so much. Free two-week trial. You can No credit card needed. Just sign up and you'll enjoy it. You hear that, folks? You can just use code absolutely nothing and get two-week free trial. Exactly. Not everyone gets that, all right? Just <laughs> listeners <laughs> or anyone else. Thanks. Anthony, thanks so much. That's awesome, mate. Really appreciate it. You're, you're very welcome. It's nice to chat to some other nerds. Thank you. <laughs> and we have a Patreon update. Now, Jason, you normally introduce these. Do you still want to do this? I don't, or? no, because every time I do one, I say the name wrong and everyone's mad at me. So, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pass it off to you to actually give the update on OnePrimePlus.com, new member, entering the arena. That was your cue. <laughs> you could never oh, be yeah, a wrestling announcer. Time. Jeez. Well, you do it then. I, th- I thought he was creating suspense. I thought it was like a silent thing. <laughs> anyway, it is my sister, and I'm going to say it in Jason's voice, Jody F. Jody F. That's how you do it. <laughs> Thank you, Jody, for joining the One Prime Plus Hemispherian community. I mean, it's one big community. It's just a bit of extra One Prime Plus stuff, but we're very appreciative. And uh, there's a shout out on the show, as promised. Do you think she's excited to be part of the long game now? Do you think that's going to be like a resume booster or? She's bursting with excitement, I can tell you. Okay, that's good. I feel like good things are coming her way now due to this this new venture. You may remember Jody Feld from... Great episodes such as 044, Sucked In. Yeah. <laughs> she was actually a guest. She's gone so far. This is how powerful title. Hemispheric Views is. Like, guesting is one thing, but then you get the One Prime Plus membership. Totally different. And Sucked In is one of her favorite phrases. It's like a stamp card at your local market, right? It's like you go to, you go to your local place, you get the stamp card, and once you get mm-hmm. all those stamps filled mm-hmm. up, you're a VIP, and she's on her way. Yeah. So we appreciate it. So we've got multiple members of the Feld family engaged in the show at this point. Um, it's so many feet. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very like, full in here. It's like a shoe store. <laughs> we could do that. Yeah, that could be a brand extension. Could be. Hemispheric Shoes. Hemispheric Shoes. That's it. It's a new brand. You got one of those metal slider things that you put the kids' feet in. Oh, it's yes. Great. Yep. I love those things. A Branick, a Branick device. That's what they're called. Oh, there you go. Is it really? Didn't know the term. It's called a Branick device. Yes. Wow. And it measures the length and the width of your feet. Is that Brannock or Abrannock, like how Napron became <laughs> Apron when you said an apron? No, it is a Brannock device. Gotcha. Brannock. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, Jody, yeah, you have shoes, you have feet. Welcome to the, the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Jody F. It's in the game. It's in the game. Long game. I want to wish you a happy Eoffy, Andrew. Thank you. I love Eoffy. Is it actually that time? Well, we missed it now. It's, oh, we did. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's the first show after that. It's new financial year. It's niffy now. <laughs> um, but end of financial year is a wonderful time. <laughs> Bargains are plenty. Stationary. That's what it's all about. Reams of paper. Reams of paper. If you need staples, maybe a, maybe a new computer, maybe a Wacom tablet. If you need any of that kind of stuff, there's one place in Australia to go, and that place is... Officeworks. Yeah. .com.au. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor at all.
but great for the year off your deals. You know what else it's, I have a theory about it's great for? Hmm. Please, I can't even imagine. I think it is a potentially great place to meet a significant other. Interesting. Really? Yeah. Do you have direct experience in this? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then why? We have plenty of uh, research, so please go on. N- nevertheless, nevertheless, it's it's not a lived experience, but it is a solid theory which I've shared with a number of people. All the number of people that I've shared it with have exhibited significant pushback on my theory. So this is inside your household, I assume. Inside, yeah, some friends. Kebab stand? Casual barbecue chat with the Prime Minister. Exactly, exactly. Often when, you know, there's a there's a single person in my orbit and they're saying, look, mm. I'm looking to find my special partner. Mm. I suggest the best place to meet is don't worry about swiping right on Tinder and all that kind of stuff. You never know what you're going to find. It's probably going to be mm. of questionable quality. Mm. Go to Officeworks. Mm. Because... It's it's a friendly environment, okay? It's a fairly low-pressure environment. I mean, the, the type of person that shops for stationery, okay? If you imagine this big filter, you've got the whole swarm of society. There's only a certain type of person that's interested in stationery and is going to go to Officeworks to shop for it. And that's going to be somebody who's got their stuff together, they value a bit of probably neatness and tidiness because if you're into stationery, that's what you usually like. So I'm not saying go to the computer section. I'm not saying go to the furniture section. Don't go to the coffee section. You've got to stick to the stationery section of Officeworks. Mm. Look around. Strike up a conversation with another customer. You never know where it might lead you. But what is it about stationery or stationery people? I think they're calm. I think they're kind. And I think they're thoughtful. Because people who deal in stationery, they're the, they're the thinking type of person, okay? They're the sort of person who has a home office, you know, or they're, 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 they're managing their finance as well, you know, because they need to keep, they need to keep a ledger book, hmm. right? They're doing some art and craft at home and they want, they, they're making a, a collage, right? So they're, they're peaceful, calm, nice people. If two people walk into an accessory kind of aisle and they both reach out at the same time for the Logitech MX Master and their hands meet, you're saying that's not going to work out. No, you can't trust technology. Hmm. You can't. You got to stay away from the technology section of Officeworks. Any bozo yeah. just going in there for, buy a cheap mouse. I'm not having that. It's got to be the pens and paper kind of area. Plus, to your point, if you need to write down some contact information, we're better. You got it than a post-it note aisle with some pens. Because they always have that little tester area where you can test the pens. And that's a great point, Jason. And not only that, you're getting a chance to, to see their penmanship. Yep. Are they a serial killer or are they fairly normal? You can tell by how they're... Are they going up to that and clipping out magazine letters and pasting them down on there like a, like yeah. a you know ransom note? Yep. Or are they doing nice swoopy writing? Are they buying red string to put up on their crazy wall? You know, like see? these are... Early warning signs, I would call that. Yeah, yeah. But I just think office works. Isn't that, you may think you're probably listening to this thinking this guy's an idiot. No, this is a solid theory I'm running with and have been running mm-hmm. with for a number of years. And if I wasn't married, I would attempt to prove my theory correct. Because mm. Let's just say my relationship falls apart. Suddenly, I'm a single man once again. Where am I going to go? Basketball court. <laughs> 
True. <laughs> oh, and then yeah. office works probably after. Yeah, and the pub. <laughs> yeah. Drama sorrows. And then when mm-hmm. I've recovered and I'm ready to, mm-hmm. to rebound, office works. That's my starting point. And I think okay. I'll meet a nice, in my case, a nice lady, but I'm not being gender specific here. I think you'll meet the nice person that you are looking for in an office works. Two questions on this. Mm, two questions. Two questions. Does this theory have a name since mm. it's been around for a while? Mm. And are there other office supply stores in Australia outside of Officeworks? Or is that well, really- Well, that's why I was going to interject and say, it sounds like he just wants to meet people at the news agency. That's the mm. the venue. It is a shame. Like in an earlier era, in an earlier era, you probably would have said a news agency. That would have been a great, a great call. But unfortunately, they're, they're hard to That's find. That's like where days. your grandparents met. We're at the news agency. Hard to find. Yeah. Are you bereft of news agencies in Western Australia? Because we have them. I have one down the road. We have several. Really? Oh, you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, they're the same shops. They're just persisting. Well, Mr. <laughs> Showoff with all of his news agencies. <laughs> it's, it's not something to brag we about. We just have office here. works. They're just here. .com.au, no, 15% off hemisphere views. Does it have a name? No, I haven't given it a name. It's just the hmm. meet girls office works theory in my own mind. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm open to ideas. If somebody has a title, then, hmm. you know, bring it on. It's probably a topic for the Discord if people want to go there. <laughs> so if stationary is not your thing, though, you just don't even buy, like, there's not a type of person where you're like, hey, let's go to the office chair section. Like, that's where I would go. If I'm really into office chairs. You're opening a can of worms. Could, could we think that maybe Officeworks is just a collection of speed dating areas where you go in, you find the area that best represents you, and then it's just a speed dating situation where you just go from chair to chair to chair, from pen to pen to pen, stapler to stapler to stapler. It's speed swiveling. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if this could be expanded and this could be a new market for Officeworks. Hmm. Like Officeworks after hours kind of a thing. Oh. Office perks. Ooh, oh, yes. There's a stamp card involved wow. now. Office perks. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's going, it's, it, there's potential in this. Look, I, I've got to admit, because I've been so just solid on my particular theory that I've not explored the, the wider parameters and options that we have it's, available. That's good. That's good. You want to land and expand, right? You want to land, expand. So yep. you've done the landing. Let's get the expanding going, yep. I think, is what you want to do next. That's where that Series B funding will come in. Yeah, okay. I think it's, I think it's got legs. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm sure the people let let us know what you think. Is it a solid theory? I think it is. I really do. Martin, yes. Did you? <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of inner debate there for a second of like, if do I throw it or not? I just don't. <laughs> Would you have you talked to anybody anywhere anytime? Yes, he does. Correct. Okay, if you had stumbled across Natasha in an office works, would you have said, "Why, well, hello, fair lady. How do you feel about <laughs> two two hundred GSM paper? Are you a reflex kind of girl?" When you say fair lady, do you do you expect that I'm wearing a cravat on a horse in some <laughs> Pride and Prejudice period piece? Or 
Hello, fair lady. I see you are looking at the tablet. Well, you are Martin. So Might I assist you? <laughs> you do have a very formalised way of talking. <laughs> of course, of course, yes. Well, then I shall answer this in the appropriate accent. No, um, do you want me to stop? I'll, conti- I'll just continue with my normal formality. Maybe the normal one. The normal, yeah. I think Jason's cringing. <laughs> Rather. Uh, it depends. With, with context or reason, I wouldn't have just walked up and said, Hey, babe, I see you're checking out the keyboards. No, doesn't work that way. Um, <laughs> no one would say that anyway. I reckon <laughs> the um, number of people in the world, that line has been said at least once. It's like, I see you enjoy a felt tip. Let's discuss. A felt tip? God damn it, I knew that was <laughs> happening. I knew. I walked into that one. I knew that was going to happen. This is just an explicit rating. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs>